One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Anna Dedder from the Comment and Analysis Desk. Nearly four years after Francis was elected Pope, with the hope that as a reformist he could breathe new life into Catholicism, he's facing a backlash against his liberal stance on social issues, openness towards Muslim refugees and support for action on climate change, says James Politti. As right-wing populists enjoy a surge in support across the West, the Pope's critics inside and outside the Vatican are becoming more visible and more vocal James says. On the morning of February 4th, Romans woke up to a disturbing sight. About 200 posters had been plastered across the Italian capital, depicting Pope Francis with a frowning, forbidding face. Underneath was a caption lamenting his supposedly authoritarian rule over the Catholic Church. Hey, Frankie, said the message, written in folksy Roman dialect, where's your mercy? In the Vatican, where publicly disrespecting the Pope is taboo, there was widespread shock. One official called it a low-level Italian political attack. Others went further. Marc Ouellet, the Canadian cardinal and prefect for the Congregation of Bishops, says, These methods of anonymous posters are a work of the devil who wants to divide us. So far, Italian authorities have not uncovered who was behind the campaign. But speculation turned to the increasingly strident opposition to Francis's reformist pontificate from conservative Catholics outside and inside the walls of the Vatican City. Emboldened by the rise of right-wing populists across the West, including the presidency of Donald Trump in the U.S., these internal critics have stepped up their attacks on the Pope's softer tones on social issues, as well as his policies of openness towards Muslim refugees and support for action on climate change. Nearly four years after Francis was elected as a non-European pope capable of breathing new life into Catholicism around the world, he is arguably facing his sharpest backlash yet. Among the pope's critics is Roberto de Mattei, a historian and president of the Lepanto Foundation, a Rome-based group named after the Holy League's naval battle in 1571 against the Ottoman Empire. In the organization's small office on the Aventine Hill, which features a picture of Pius IX, the 19th century pontiff known for his opposition to modernism, liberalism, and secularism, Mr. de Mattei has a litany of complaints against the 80-year-old Argentine pontiff. Pope Francis, he says, has encouraged relativism in the church, become almost obsessed with welcoming migrants, failed to understand that Islam is an aggressive religion that needed to be confronted, and sought to sideline anyone who disagreed. He says, The Catholic Church is in a state of unprecedented confusion. There is a lack of orientation and clarity, which leads to tensions and divisions, and paves the way for a schism. I have met various cardinals, bishops, and priests 
who have privately expressed their discontent with the direction of this papacy. Mr. de Matte's description of the turmoil is almost certainly exaggerated. Pope Francis continues to enjoy extraordinarily high levels of popularity, including in the U.S., and many Vatican experts say that the dissent is confined to traditionalist circles which are out of step with the reality and still seething over the reforms of the Second Vatican Council, Vatican II, in the 1960s. But the Pope and his allies have taken notice of the unrest. In a December address to the Roman Curia, Francis acknowledged a hidden resistance from fearful and hardened hearts, as well as a malevolent resistance based on nasty intentions. Ten days after the appearance of the posters, his Council of Cardinals, composed of nine members, issued a highly unusual public statement backing the Pope, a sign that they felt it was time to fight back. The statement said, In relation to recent events, the Council of Cardinals expresses its full support of the work of the Pope, while ensuring full adhesion and support to his person and his magisterium. The main source of conservative discontent was a move by the Pope last April to allow divorced and remarried Catholics under certain narrow circumstances to receive communion, which had been banned. The measure, contained in an apostolic exhortation called Amoris Letizia, or the joy of love, may have seemed like a minor shift in the direction of a more tolerant approach to the changing nature of the family. And it was consistent with Pope Francis's philosophy of stemming the decline of the church in the developed world by making it more approachable after decades of scandal and pastoral rigidity. But among critics, it was seen as defying core doctrine on the indissolubility of marriage and the sinfulness of adultery. Four cardinals even took the rare step of challenging Pope Francis on the move by asking him to respond to five questions or dubia about the proposal in a letter published last November. Among them was Raymond Burke, a U.S. cardinal from St. Louis, Missouri, who has emerged as the face of the opposition to Francis. Cardinal Burke has forged links with Stephen Bannon, the senior aide to Donald Trump, and recently met Matteo Salvini, the leader of Italy's anti-Euro, anti-immigrant Northern League. One person close to the Pope's internal critic says, A year ago, liberals were gleefully dismissing Cardinal Burke, saying he was of no further relevance. Now he's one of the most influential cardinals. Who else is known and respected by Trump's most senior advisor? But Amoris Letizia is far from the only source of discomfort with the Pope. Francis's criticism of unfettered capitalism and his 2015 encyclical on environmentalism and climate change called Laudato Si were particularly ill-received among some conservatives, feeding their belief that he is a leftist on economic issues. At a carnival parade in the Tuscan town of Viareggio last week, a float of Pope Francis showed him raising one fist and holding a hammer and sickle in the other hand. Meanwhile, with more than a tinge of Islamophobia, critics have glaringly rejected Francis's highly vocal stance in support of migrants and refugees on the grounds that they constitute a threat to the West Christian roots. In an interview with Il Giornale, an Italian conservative newspaper, in October, Cardinal Burke said, The problem is that Muslims aim for expansion. The whole history of the Islamic presence in Europe is an attempt to conquer it. Massimo Introvigne of the Turin-based Center for Studies on New Religions 
said that while the anti-Francis coalition is not unitary, there is one additional common thread to the dissent, its great appreciation for President Vladimir Putin's Russia. He adds, they see him as someone who defends tradition with his attacks on immigration and homosexuals. While the opposition has become more extreme, Massimo Fagioli, a professor of theology at Villanova University, says it is not necessarily any stronger. He says, It started on marriage and the family, and now it has cornered itself in this dark place with xenophobes and anti-Muslims. This will never have a great following among Catholics. If they are betting their money on this, it's a bad bet. In January, Pope Francis scored a big victory over his rivals after he forced the Knights of Malta, a sovereign Catholic order that performs humanitarian work around the world, to reinstate its Grand Chancellor, the equivalent of a Prime Minister, after he'd been fired for presiding over the distribution of condoms in Myanmar. The dismissal had been championed by Cardinal Burke, who was the patron of the Knights of Malta, turning the whole affair into a proxy for the divisions inside the Church. But while Pope Francis's successful intervention was a show of strength, to critics, it was simply the latest evidence of his heavy-handed ways and ruthless disdain for the dissenters. The order's grand master was forced to resign over the issue. The Pope's supporters say it is unfair to depict Francis as imperious. The Amoris Laetitia document was published after two years of debate within the Church, including two synods or gatherings of bishops and Francis has recently taken steps to reinstate members of the Society of St. Pius X, the traditionalist fraternity of priests that was the source of the last big split within the Church after Vatican II. According to Mr. Fagioli, he is open to different interpretations of Catholicism as long as you are loyal to him and don't stab him in the back. His supporters acknowledge that while some degree of resistance is inevitable, the pontiff is unlikely to yield to pressure. One official says, He's dealing with a culture which is averse to change. You can't expect it to happen overnight, which is basically what four years are in Vatican time. What he is asking is huge. It's a total rethink, but we can wait anybody out. Whether the opponents are a rising tide or just a few holdouts, the nature of some of the criticism of Pope Francis, fueled by blogs and social media, has been striking. Some English-language Catholic websites, such as 1 Peter 5 and Roraticelli, regularly feature rebukes of the pontiff. A recent article in 1P5 lamented Pope Francis' connections with George Soros and Jeffrey Sachs, while Phil Lawler, director of the Catholic Culture website, said the Francis papacy required an immediate intervention. Mr. Lawler asked, Has there ever before been a Roman pontiff who showed such disdain for what the church has always taught and believed and practiced? In Italy, Antonio Socci, a Catholic blogger and author, has attracted attention by claiming that Pope Francis is an illegitimate holder of the office because of irregularities in the conclave that elected him, echoing the birther movement backed by Mr. Trump to delegitimize Barack Obama's presidency. Riccardo Cascioli, the editor of La Nuova Bussola Quotidiana, an Italian website critical of the Vatican under Pope Francis, recently wrote a column citing complaints about the invitation of Paul Ehrlich, an advocate for population control, to a conference at the Vatican. Mr. Cascioli says, Paul VI prophesied 
that non-Catholic sentiment would become the majority in the church, and now it is taking over. In St. Peter's Square last week at Pope Francis's general audience, the Catholic faithful seemed untroubled by the backlash and satisfied with their leader. Bella Friedrich, a 22-year-old student from Germany, says, I think it's great to see he's different and he's not letting himself buckle under the pressure of tradition. I think he's still quite powerful just by doing his own thing, and especially thanks to the support that he gets from the people. One Vatican official agrees. Most people are moving on. There are a lot of lay people saying, hey, this is great. I've never felt so welcome in the church. For Mr. Dematei and other papal critics, however, only a correction will do. Mr. Dematei says, The Pope is the vicar of Christ, his representative on earth, but he is not the 266th Christ on earth. If he speaks or acts badly, he can be criticized with all due respect to his supreme office.